It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks, Sandy, and checking your weather. KSL's Grant Wayman says another storm is on its way. Another storm with clouds and rain showers for the drive home. Two colder air arrives tomorrow, so widespread snow is expected along the Wasatch Front late Saturday morning and into the afternoon hours. And right now we have 42 degrees at 12.06. You get the top stories every 30 minutes. Breaking news the second it happens. I'm Mary Ellen Geist, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, Utah's news, traffic, and weather station. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And good afternoon. I'm Maria Shaleos with you this afternoon for Let Me Speak to the Governor. And Governor, uh, it's an exciting time. January is always fun with the legislative session underway and we have a lot of important things to talk about uh let's start out with your state of the state and how how you're feeling about how things are going well i feel very good and thank you maria it's always an honor to be with you and talk to people out there uh, but i i gave my state of the state this past wednesday and frankly as we as we review where we are as a state where we've been you know five or six years ago and how far we've come it's it's extraordinary we uh are very healthy economically as a state. Uh, we are the probably the healthiest economy in America today. We're about the third most diverse. We're growing in every sector of our economy except one, and that's state government. Uh, we're actually shrinking government there, and that's good news for the taxpayers. Uh, I think we've prioritized correctly. Uh, we've put a lot of money, new money, into education, about $1.3 billion over the last four years, and my recommendations to the legislature is another $422 million. Our graduation rates are up 9% now over what they were. Uh, our, our young people who are now going into college, that are leaving, graduating, and going on to college, knowing that that's what they need to be doing, is increased larger than any uh, increase of any state in America today. So people are getting an understanding that it's not just high school diploma anymore. You've got to go on to college and get post-high school education. So our goal that we set here a couple of years ago, 66 by 2020, is working. It's resonating with people. Uh, our NAEP scores, where we compare our state with other states in the country, we find now, even though we're the lowest per pupil spending, we keep hearing that all the mm-hmm. time. It's about the inputs, and I know that's a, an issue. And, you know, it's not all about the money, but it's certainly some about the money. But it has to do with, uh, in fact, outcomes. How are we doing with the money? How, what is the results we're getting with the spending? And in uh, le- reading language arts right now, we're 16th in the nation. In, uh, excuse me, in math, we're 16th in the nation. And in reading language arts, we're 10th in the nation. And in science, we're 7th in the nation. So, boy, we're doing good. If you get a chance, listeners out there, you see a teacher, give them a hug. They're doing a good job. Our principals are doing a good job. Our state school board, our our local school boards, the PTA, 
we're doing uh, well. We're punching way above our weight when it comes to the amount of resources we're putting in. But we can do more and we can do better. And you have a nice surplus this year. We, we do. So what are the chances teachers will see any of that money? Well, the recommendation I've given is to have a significant increase in the WPU, which is the unit that we use to fund education and really fund teacher salaries of 4.5%. Uh, so they would get a sizable increase. They got a pay increase last year. I'm more of a local control guy. I let the local school districts, we have 41 of them, make the decisions on where to put their resources. I think that's better. It's probably uh, is more effective in putting the monies where we need to have the monies put. If they want to hire more teachers, reduce classroom sizes, more technology uh, and, and resources, uh, if they want to give teacher salaries, I think the local school boards know best how to do that. And our principals know how best to manage their teachers. So... Uh, I'm a local control guy, but there's money in the budget to give uh, a sizable increase to teachers across the board if they so choose. There is a measure on Capitol Hill to repeal the law that gives a part of the money to higher education. I understand it's about $100 million. How do you feel about that? Well, the the problem with that is that, one, it's put in place by the voice of the people. It was voted on, and they decided that they wanted to have the education funding take care of not only public education, but to some extent, higher education. Higher education gets about 16% of the overall amount of money, and then is augmented by funds out of the general fund. It's an issue that uh, that we have a concern of because we've earmarked so much of our money in the general fund that it's been taken off the table for discussion. And we're on a kind of a collision path that will make it difficult uh, where 43% of all the new money is earmarked. We won't have money to augment higher education anymore and the de- increasing demands of public education. Changing the, the how the, our ability to take and fund higher education out of the public education and higher education combined bucket does not create any more money. That's really, if, if we're trying to create more money, there's better ways to do that. Uh, we can maybe talk about my suggestions here is what needs to happen, but it, it doesn't really do anything. It just, there's only so many ways you can slice up the pie. It doesn't create any more money. So I think it's really not. Uh, it's good discussion, but I don't think it solves any problems. Governor, you talked about local control, and local control has come up a lot when it comes to federal lands. So let's kind of dig into this issue a little bit on federal lands. I understand that there is a law firm that believes the state, if they invest $14 million, could go after the federal government and uh, get control of those lands. How are, what are your feelings on that? Well, we've always said when it comes to the management of the public lands, uh, there's a couple of principles. One, we have said in Utah, this is a public land state, and it will always be a public land state. The question is, who's going to manage the public lands? Uh, We think the federal government uh, has not done as good a job as they're capable of doing or should be doing. Part of it's because they don't understand. It's not their backyard. We, on the other hand, it's our backyard, and we think we could have uh, a a significant upside, better outcome again if we had more control of the the land and had the management. But it's not a desire to privatize it. We have people out there that say that or uh, this public land initiative that's come up there that Congressman Bishop's trying to sell off Arches. That's just a lie. He, in fact, would like to expand Arches Park and protect more of it. So it really is about of management. We see the federal land uh, management where they won't let us spray for the bark beetles, so our forests are dying. Uh, we, we've lost the lumber industry. Would $14 million, though, be a good investment? Well, if you got the outcome that you want, it would be. 
Uh, what I was going to say is that we have to negotiate as best that we can to get what we want to have. We need to have more input on the management. Two, we have the ability to legislate. That's the public land initiative. And this should be done by Congress. This is really the way to do things in this country. Uh, it's not right for the president to go around one person and, and impose his will against the, the will of the majority of Americans or, or Utahns. That's just not the way we don't have a king. We have a president that should not bypass Congress. And thirdly, we do litigate. We can't come to agreements with negotiation or if we can't get legislation passed, if there's concerns about the law, then we litigate. For example, we're in, in the middle of many litigations now on defining roads, RS-2477 roads and rights of way. We can't agree. We've tried to negotiate that with uh, different parties and some don't want to negotiate. They want the fight. And so we're going to have to go to court and see if we can have the court make the decision of is this a road or not a road under RS-2477. So all three arrows are in the quiver, negotiation, legislation, and litigation. The legal theory I've heard from the uh, the, uh, these constitutional attorneys says that there are some rights that we have that the federal government is not honored and that they promise us at the time of statehood. And uh, the cost of $14 million, although sign, sounds really high, and I think we need to make sure that we're uh, investing money wisely here with some reasonable uh, uh, hope of return. Uh, but it's a fight worth having. And, and as I've said, we negotiate, we legislate, and or we litig- litigate. And, and litigation is something we're doing now, and I'm sure we'll do in the future until we get this resolved. And you're listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor. The number to call if you would like to be part of the program, one 888 You can also text us your questions at 57500. And, Governor, I have lots of questions. We have Jim waiting very patiently. And, Jim, what is your question for the Governor this morning? Yes, Governor. Since you expressed reservations about having signed SB 54, are you calling for its repeal? And if not, why not? Well, I have reservations about Senate Bill 54 uh, only because of what we have uh, as a result of it. We have fighting within the ranks of the Republican Party specifically. Senate Bill 54 was put in place with good intentions by the legislature to preserve the caucus convention system in some form or fashion. The worry was at the time, based on Dan Jones' polling and what was taking place with the Count My Vote, folks, was it was going to be put on the ballot this a year ago, this past November, and it would have passed overwhelmingly, and it would have been just a general primary. I'm a fan of the caucus convention system, and I believe it's uh, it's been a, a good system for Utah, and uh, no system is perfect, and uh, either way you go, we, we have imperfections. So in order to preserve the caucus convention system, we had SB 54 in place. Now we have it as the law of the land. There's some uh, I guess confusion as far as what the uh, the uh, ultimate outcome in court's going to be, but as I heard this morning from the leadership of the House and the Senate and the legislature and others involved in this, the party of Chairman James Evans, we're going to work together and have this in the courts so the court can sort out and give us direction and clarity as far as what Senate Bill 54 actually means. So I think until that happens, we probably are not in a position to to repeal Senate Bill 54. But I can tell you, if I could wave the magic wand, here's what I would do. 
I would repeal Senate Bill 54 and put it back in time, go back, let the count my vote folks go ahead with their signature gathering and put it on the ballot and let the people speak, and whatever the people say will follow. Well, let's do that then. If we can find a way to do that, the problem we have is is the Constitution and how we can get that done. But that's actually a discussion I think that's being had right now to see if there's a way to go back in time, give both sides a fair shake, and and, uh, and then have it put on the vo- uh, vote and let the people say. Do we want caucus convention or do we want just a general primary? All right, Jim, thank you so much for your call today. We're going to take one of our texters here who has a question. This is Chelsea. She says, Governor Herbert, you said in your State of the State address that you would never use an executive order to bypass the rights of your constituents. However, you did that to stop the pass-through of federal funds to Planned Parenthood. How do you reconcile these opposing actions? Well, they're not opposing actions. Uh, We have a contract. We have contracts with a lot of providers on different services and uh, out there that we enter into and we abide by the terms of those contracts it just so happens the terms of the contract with Planned Parenthood was we can give 30 days notice to to uh, uh, change the contract and and uh, go our separate ways there's nothing that says that we have to have any cause of action it's just that that's part of the terms of the contract are and so in light of what had happened with the videos, we thought it was a time to say, let's uh, let's review this. Let's take a pause and push the reset button. And under the obligation and the contract agreement, we have the ability to do that. And while we're letting the, the investigation take place in Washington, D.C., to find out what the truth of the matter is and whether there's violation of law, uh, etc., I find it interesting that the Planned Parenthood people, uh, the national organization, has at least apologized for what was on the video. So they must recognize that there was something that was maybe inappropriate there said. And they also have said they're going to change their practices. They're not going to charge for fetal body parts anymore in any way, shape, or form. So I think that's a step in the right direction, and let's see what the investigation uh, comes up with. Uh, lastly, the local Planned Parenthood, I'm appreciative of the fact that they said we're not going to slow down. We're not going to have any diminution of our services. They have an $8 million budget. Uh, this is the amount of money that the state passes through with the federal government is about 272000 So it's a drop in the bucket compared to what they spend. They say they're going to absorb that. So uh, whatever services they've been rendering are continuing to be rendered. In fact, with the injunction, they still have the $272,000. So uh, there's not been any harm or to anybody's women's health. I think that's just political rhetoric. By the way, the $272,000, we've always have said, is not going to be just taken away and squirreled away in a hole. That's going to be put out to 41 other different organizations that provide the same kinds of services that Planned Parenthood do and actually will increase accessibility for women. So if we care about women's health, this is probably a smart thing to do. Planned Parenthood can continue to do what they're doing, and we can ex- uh, expand access with other organizations throughout the state. Win-win. Does it make a difference, Governor, that now that the the makers of that controversial video have been indicted of wrongdoing, does that make a difference to you? Is that giving you any reason to reconsider? Well, I think it's interesting uh, footnote of what's taking place in the process, and I don't know a lot about what the indictment means. Indictments just mean you've been charged, doesn't mean you're guilty. Uh, and so, and I think the indictment, as I understand it, has more to do with how they gathered the information. It's like not giving somebody their Miranda rights. 
and then you say, well, we can't use this this information, you know, in in a prosecution. So I think that what's on the video is on the video. Uh, there would be no reason for Planned Parenthood to apologize if they didn't have some concerns about what was said and and how that came down too and and changing their practices. So I just want to let's go through the court process. We already have the Planned Parenthood suing the state. This is really a contract issue now, nothing more than just a contract. Does the state have the ability, to, in fact, to contract as we desire and and, and deem appropriate? And uh, we followed the uh, you know the letter of the law under the contract. And so we need to have that play out. And then we'll see what the investigations that uh, turn up here this year with um, our Congress. And then we can decide what to do going forward after that. And you are listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor, Utah Governor Gary Herbert here in studio today. I'm Maria Shaleos. We're going to take a quick break. The number to you co- for you to call if you would like to ask a question, one 575 or you can text us your questions at 57500. Following 3.58 APR and 257 APR, NMLS 245422. Hi, Todd Coles with American Loans. Our mortgage rates have come down again. 3.5% 30-year loans, 2.5% 15 years. Yes, 2.5% fixed 15-year. It's crazy. If you're thinking about buying or refinancing, now is the time. 2.5% fixed for 15 years and 35 for 30. Call 1-800-NEW-RATE. 1-800-NEW-RATE or go to AmericanLoans.com. Look, the feds have already increased their rates and more increases are coming. Call American Loans and lock your rate. If your realtor or builder tell you to go to their mortgage company, call us. We can help you. For purchases or refinances, 3.5% fixed 30-year and 2.5% fixed 15-year, call American Loans. 801-269-0900, or 1-800-NEW-RATE, 1-800-NEW-RATE, or AmericanLoans.com. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation Defender from Reputation.com can help you protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-800-4302. That's 800-800-4302. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation. Reputation analysis from Reputation Defender right now. Call 800-800-4302. 800-800-4302. That's 800-800-4302. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. The saying goes, the best things in life are free. And that's true for apps, too. Our iHeartRadio app is F-R-E-E. Free. Our free iHeartRadio app makes your phone the radio with free access to the best live radio stations from across the country. Like this one. iHeartRadio loves music with over 20 million songs from 800,000 artists. Use our free iHeartRadio app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations, all free. Get your Yellowstone Winter Vacation Certificate. 40% off this weekend only. Lock in your price and then schedule your travel for this winter or next at the Travel Show or see Yellowstone.com.
Did you happen to choose service plumbing, heating, air conditioning, electrical, or drain cleaning as your profession? If you have five or more years' experience in one or more of these trades, and if you're a friendly, caring, kind person with great communication skills, you are drug-free, can pass a criminal background check, and desire to improve yourself with a fast-growing, world-class, industry-leading company, if you meet all these qualifications and would like to work for what we affectionately call the best company in the world, bless our heart, then call Whipple Service Champions at 444-FAST. We hire and train the best technicians in the industry. If you feel qualified, call 444-FAST. For more information, visit WhippleServiceChampions.com. Are you paid what you deserve with benefits? Do you receive ongoing professional training, advancement opportunities, and resources for your personal growth? If not, then join the winning team at Whipple Service Champions. To find your career and what makes us different, call 444-FAST. I'm excited about your future. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And good afternoon. I'm Maria Shaleos along with Governor Gary Herbert. You can also text us your questions at 57500. And Governor, we have a few callers waiting on the line, so let's check in with Al. Good afternoon, Al. What can we help you with today? Good afternoon, Maria, and good afternoon, Governor. Good afternoon, Al. Anyhow, basically, Governor, I was reading in the news uh, where you were uh, trying to make a goal of uh, improving gradua- graduation rates from 84% to 90%, and I commend you on that worthy goal. I'm just wondering, can you offer a few specifics? Uh, it seems to me that teachers are probably teaching to the max. I mean, they might be able to improve, you know, their part end of it, but I think students and parents have kind of a responsibility to, you know, hold up their end. Do you have any um, comment on that as far as improving and attaining your goal? Yes, uh, thank you, Al. Um, we've improved over the last five years by nine percentage points. So we've gone from 75 to really 84. And uh, that's a dramatic increase in graduation rates, one of the top two or three in the nation. And I'm I'm grateful for that. It's a good start. Uh, I've set the goal we ought to get to 90% over the next four years. And that's going to take the effort of everybody. And I mentioned specifically the effort of parents and guardians. They have the first and primary responsibility to make sure that their children succeed in school. But we're also going to try to augment the teacher in the classroom uh, with better counseling. Counselors uh, can do a lot towards giving good direction to our students and making sure that they are applying themselves appropriately and uh, they have a pathway that they're trying to follow. They have goals that are being set to get into college and be college and career ready. So I think our counseling is going to you see us lengthen our stride a little bit there that's going to help us achieve this goal. More technology uh, is going to be in the classroom. I think you're going to find an embracement there. And so all things working together, I think there's no reason why we cannot improve our graduation rates and get to 90%. The other thing I'll just mention that I'm really pleased with is that our minority population has improved uh, dramatically from where they were. In fact, we are number one in the nation when it comes to improvement of minority population uh, scores in school. So we're we're having some great successes. When I say, you know, if you, you, you know, we ought to hug our teachers, they're doing great jobs, our principals, our school board members. Uh, our legislators sometimes are, are forgotten when we pass out the bouquets, they've put a lot of new money into education, $1.3 billion over the last four years, and I expect they'll put over $400 million in this year. 
bringing us up close to $1.8 billion of new money over the last five years. That's not insignificant. Is it enough? No. But it's uh, putting us on the right pathway forward, and I think there's no reason, absolutely no reason, in this great state with the great people we have here, that we cannot improve our graduation rates over the next four years to 90%. Okay. Thank you, Governor. Thank you, Al. And thank you, Al, for your call. Let's go to Bud in Ogden. Try to squeeze in one more call before we go to the bottom of the hour news. Hi, Bud. What can we help you with today? I got a question for. Uh, well, first, good afternoon, Mr. Governor, and good afternoon, uh, good afternoon, Maria. Thank my you. My question is: I am one of, in the National Guard here, and my question is: uh, It seems like we're always short on money. It's like the state keeps cutting and cutting and cutting. So, what is the plan to to, to continue funding the the National Guard? Well, most of the cuts that we have in the National Guard are coming from the federal government and uh, their fiscal cliff and the problems we have back there at their budget. And uh, there's clearly a, a, a group that don't, do not want to fund uh, the military at levels that some of us would think appropriate. And they're actually trying to, to uh, if there's any punishment, uh, I don't know if that's the right term, but they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. They're trying to rob the National Guard to pay for the regular Army and, and Air Force. They're trying to take away some of our equipment, our helicopters, our Apaches. I mean, uh, so th- there's an ongoing discussion with the National Governors Association and uh, the Pentagon with how we're going to actually have the military going forward. And we're concerned that they're trying to strip uh, the resources away from the states in order to keep uh, the regular Army and Air Force uh, alive. So that's an ongoing debate. I can tell you that we can't tell you and others like you thank you enough for the service. I can tell you, having been to the Middle East and been with our military over there, the National Guard is just a terrific asset to our, our uh, national defense efforts. Uh, well-trained uh, they seem to be uh, the, the top of the class in their academics uh, for military. Uh, the equipment they have seems to be maintained better. Uh, our National Guard is just a great addition. And here in Utah, uh, we are no exception. I, I would put our National Guard troops up against any in the country, and uh, I'm very proud to be the commander-in-chief. So thank you for your service and uh, and keep up. Well, we want to make sure that we help. Uh, every way we can. Last point. Thank you. Uh, let me yeah. just mention this. When people come back, particularly from active service or, or combat action, we do have programs to help with education, to help you get good training, to put what you've learned in the military to, to use to get you uh, certificates and, and give you a leg up on, on uh, graduation and, and, and college, to help you get a job. So we've got some great programs which we've de- uh, designed specifically for the returning veteran to help them assimilate back into, you know, a civilian life. Bud, thanks so much for your call. The number to call, one 575 or you can text us your questions, 57500, and we will be right back following the news. It's 1230 in the KSL 24-hour newsroom. I'm Mary Ellen Geist. KSL's top local story this hour. A high-speed chase in West Valley City is over. It ended this morning on Hellas Drive. Police say somebody's car was stolen. They went to rent a new car, and as they drove away from the car rental place, they spotted their stolen car. They called police. A chase ensued. Apparently, police could not make an arrest, but that car has now been recovered. More details on Utah's afternoon news. KSL's top national story now from ABC News. We have breaking news just in on KSL. 
Just getting word from Associated Press, it is a first. The main Syrian opposition group says it will send a small delegation to talk with U.N. officials at peace talks in Geneva. Syria's ongoing conflict has left more than 250,000 people dead. In other news today, Amon Bundy, the ringleader of the occupation in Oregon, is expected to appear in court today. Bundy, as well as seven other defendants, will have detention hearings in Portland. Now, two of them are Utahns. They face charges related to the wildlife refuge protest. Four of Bundy's followers are still holed up at that refuge refusing to leave unless they're promised they will not be arrested. Your money at this moment continues to be a good day on Wall Street. The Dow is up 305 points at 16,375. NASDAQ up 79 points at 4,586. And the S&P up 36 points at 1,929. Coming up on KSL News Radio, it looks like snow for your weekend. We'll check your KSL weather forecast coming up next. KSL News Time, 1233. All right, let's open up there, Dave. Ah, uh, yes, you have the worst cavity I've ever seen before. Oh, that explains this horrible pain. Okay, then, have a good day. Well, aren't you going to fix it? Oh, no, I'm not a dentist, just a dental monitor. Monitor? I don't fix cavities, just let you know when you have them. Like I said, it's a pretty big hole. Why monitor a problem if you don't fix it? That's why LifeLock does more than free credit monitoring to protect you from identity theft. We not only use proprietary technology to detect and alert you to a range of identity threats. If you have a problem, we have a U.S.-based team of specialists who'll fix it. After all, plaque attacks are nothing compared to the identity theft that one in four people experienced last year. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, protecting your identity is pretty painless. Your molars are a different story. Membership starts at $9.99 a month. Sign up now and get 10% off. Go to LifeLock.com and enter promo code AWARE. Are you resisting the idea of moving homes? All the packing and preparation, the lifting and the living out of boxes. And then there's that new house to decorate. Worst of all, what if you can't find a home worth moving into? Well, maybe you've got it all backwards. Instead of looking for a home to move into, maybe you should be looking for a home that moves you. Walk through an ivory model home and you'll be moved by what you find. Your eyes just might well up when you see an amazing floor plan in the perfect neighborhood. Your voice may crack as you express excitement over the beautiful design and quality construction. By building homes that move you, Ivory Homes makes it easy to move. Ivory's experts will walk you through every step of the home buying process. We even provide packing and moving services to literally take the pain out of moving. And for those who need it, we'll help fix your credit. Don't put off moving forward into the home of your dreams. Visit any of our fabulous locations or go to ivoryhomes.com today. Traffic and weather together. And here's Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. Andy, how's it looking out there? Freeway's still looking good. Uh, no real issues. Midday traffic about typical. I see a lot of extra traffic near State Street right now, especially in Murray and in South Salt Lake. Not too much uh, extra along Redwood Road. Bangor Highway a little bit busy in West Valley. Uh, not so much in Kearns or Point South of that. Again, typical midday part of the drive. No new crashes to report. One at the Target on Redwood Road near 6700 South. They pulled that into the parking lot. It's still cold outside get your furnace tuned up for just 59 dollars call lee's heating and air at 801-747-LEES that's 801-747-LEES andy farnsworth in the ksl traffic center thanks andy and checking your weather ksl's grant wayman says another storm is on its way clouds and rain showers for the drive home tonight so be careful out there 
Colder air arrives tomorrow, tomorrow rather. Widespread snow is expected along the Wasatch fronts late Saturday morning and into the afternoon hours. And then cold air coming in next week. Right now we have 41 degrees at 1236. You get the top stories every 30 minutes. Breaking news the second it happens. I'm Mary Ellen Geist. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, Utah's news, traffic, and weather station. The governor answers your questions. Utah's most important issues on Let Me Speak to the Governor. 1-888-575-8255 is the number to call if you have a question, or you can text us at 57500. We'll get to those questions as quickly as we can. Governor, let's go to Doug, who is calling us from Syracuse. And good morning, Doug. Morning, Doug. Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call, and thank you for what you do for our state. We appreciate that. Thank you. I'm a retired Air Force Lieutenant Colonel. And I chose to come to uh, Utah because of uh, religious beliefs and because most of my family was here. I did that. And most of the people, as you know, that retire are usually responsible citizens over 20 years of service, that kind of thing. And what we're looking at is this House Bill 99. It's actually put on to help us get the state tax reduced or done away with Mm -hmm. for retirees. And so what we're looking at is trying to get that enacted within the state because studies have been done that will help the state actually get more money because of the number of retirees that it could bring in. And what I'm looking at is we need a the state senator, to help sponsor us. And right now, we haven't got that yet. Oh, I, I think it's a sponsor right now is uh, Representative Lee Perry, as I recall. Is that right? right. He, yes, he is from oh. the House, and he's the one that submitted the House bill. Well, let me just uh, tell you, first off... Um, Doug, we appreciate your service. You know, uh, as a career service person, we thank you for your service and what you've done to keep our country safe. And um, we're honored to have you back here in Utah. And and, uh, frankly, you're not unusual in that regard. We have a lot of servicemen that come back. The last three commanders of Hill Air Force Base have come back to Utah to retire. And uh, they just like it here. It's a patriotic state with good people. The issue at hand is uh, one of uh, reducing or eliminating the income tax on the state side for any retirement income to military personnel. I think that's the issue. And uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I haven't talked to Representative Perry to why he doesn't have a sponsor in the Senate. It would have a $17 million approximate, I think, fiscal note. So that's the first hurdle to get over. And, um, again, I think your argument is that, well, we lose $17 million here, but we'll pick up, you know, a like amount of money because of attracting of other veterans to come here will help our economy. That's going to be the debate. And, again, we can't thank the military enough, and so it's not a matter of just thanking. We ought to find ways to do things to thank you for your service. So I think there will be a healthy, robust debate, but they'll need to find $17 million to plug that hole to help us with funding of other things, and maybe that will be with a new economic expansion. Well, that's true because the state will gain that number of retirees, according to a DOD study, that could increase the state annual income by $2.5 billion. Wow. Well, I, I was amazed at that when I heard it, and 
we did some more research, and there is a, that study that says that. So, Well, I'll make a point. Thanks that you've nudged me here today, Doug. I'll make a point to look up and talk to Representative Perry and have him give me the information, and we'll see what happens. I expect it'll be a good debate, and again, we thank you for your service. All right. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Doug, thanks so much for listening today. Um, Before we get to our next caller, let's uh, take a text question. Uh, Let's see, the next one in line says, uh, Governor, why have you you not let Medicaid expansion expansion happen while the legislature figures out something else? They say waiting seems criminally negligent. Well, it's not a matter of doing something uh, around the the legislature. We've talked about that a little bit earlier, about executive order going around the the Congress. We see that in Washington, but we don't do that here in Utah. The legislature actually has statutes on the books that say if we receive federal monies in excess of about $200,000, that the legislature has to weigh in to give you authorization to do that. This would receive millions and millions of dollars, so there's no way under the law you know, to, to go and do it willy-nilly on my own. If that would have been the case, I'd have had Healthy Utah in place a long time ago. So, uh, again, I understand the debate. I understand the concern. Are you optimistic something will happen this legislative session? I am. I actually am optimistic. It may not be what I think it should happen. My benchmark was Healthy Utah, which I think absolutely was better than just traditional Medicaid expansion for many reasons. And uh, we help people not only get health care, but we help them get off of government assistance and get them a job. And so on many levels, it was better than traditional Medicaid expansion. But, you know, I'm a practical person, and you can't get the votes, you can't get the votes. And uh, we could get it in the Senate, but not the House. So I think there's going to be other options uh, put forward. I think uh, it may be uh, not what I'd like, but something that's better than nothing. And so it may be a half a loaf from my perspective, but I think that the legislature will find a way to do something to help those who are in that what we call the gap and help get some help uh, on the way for those people who are not able to get access to help, uh, affordable care. Let's take a call now from Ogden. David, hi. How can we help you today? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think I believe for economic expansion, there are a lot of great ideas out there. And the problem, I, I think I have an idea to remove the snow and also uh, deal with flooding after the snow, after the, uh, you know, the blizzard out, out east. I'm not sure if it's a good idea. I need, like, a one stop where I can present the idea to say, hey, is this a good idea? Can Utah manufacture this new product to solve a problem, you know, to remove the snow, let's say, at airports, neighborhoods, and stuff like this, at a lower cost? How do you go about presenting the idea, and who should I call? Well, there's probably, yeah, I can tell you, David, there's probably, I mean, there's probably a number of different places you can go. Local communities, cities, and counties, for example, have their own snow removal plan. And if you've got a better mousetrap product, so to speak, you could talk with them respectfully. If you want to call my constituent services offices uh, at area code 801-538-1000, you can uh, put in your note that you've got this product that you'd like to have our uh, snow removal force take a look at. And our Department of Transportation, which that's where that falls under their jurisdiction, could take a look at what you have to offer. Uh, They could have you send some stuff to them. They could probably set up a a face-to-face meeting. But So just contact my um, uh, constituent service office at 538-1000, and we'll help get you in touch with people. But don't discount, you know, local government and others that are involved in snow removal either. 
Okay, that sounds great. I appreciate your call. I mean, appreciate your help. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, David, for your call today. Governor, the next uh, text question in line says, does your Clean Air Act offer incentives that would convince me to buy an electric car? We don't have a, a cleaner act that I'm proposing. We do have uh, some incentives in already in, in our statutes that give some tax credits for people that have uh, greener fuel uh, burning electric cars. And so there's something I think that helps with the purchase. We'd have to go back and take a look at the code. That's probably a question for your tax man. Uh, but we actually used to have uh, ability to give you a pass on the HOV lanes. Uh, to give you uh, as an incentive to have a, a greener fuel car, electric car. I think with the technology that's taking place, you know, there's more things that are happening. And, and I think the future is bright when it comes to less emissions out, out of our automobiles. But the one that I see that has the most promise for the least amount of money, and that's what we call Tier 3 fuels. And it's a combination of Tier 3 fuels, which our refineries are now in the process of, of uh, considering. Tesoro, for example, has agreed to bring in Tier 3 fuels. I think, and I've met with all the other refineries, and I think uh, they will follow suit over time. And that coupled with our auto dealers who bring in Tier 3 automobiles, that combination will do more towards cleaning up our air quality here than anything else we can do with minimal cost to do it. So... That's where I'm putting my energies right now. Let's get in those Tier 3 fuels. Let's bring in the Tier 3 car uh, automobiles. Uh, over 50% of our pollution on these inversion days is coming out of tailpipe. So this will be a major reduction and in in improvement in our air quality. Governor, let's take a call from Sandy. And hi, Josh. How can we help you? Hi, Governor. I was uh, calling. I have a child that's been in special education and participated in one of the state's um, Baby Watch Early Intervention programs. And we appreciate all the funding that you've given to education. Um, I'd like to just question as to why the early intervention programs were left off of your budget this year and would hope that um, possibly there would be some additional funding that could be offered for these programs in the future. My my son was able to do the early intervention program, and by the time he got to out of the preschool age, was uh, services weren't needed anymore. So it was a very valuable program for us and hope that the state would continue to fund that. Sure. Well, if if it's been left out of my recommendation, that's a surprise to me. We maybe need to just make sure we're looking at the right line items because I support early intervention. I think uh, it's, uh, first off, early intervention really does mean parents and doing what you can as parents to to intervene and make sure that your child learns their alphabet and numbers and does the things that prepare them for school. We have a lot more preschool activities taking place, uh, mainly from private sources, which is a, which has been very effective too. But we have had money in early intervention. We've uh, put money in for extended all-day kindergarten, for example. It's an optional thing that the school districts have the ability to pick and choose if they want to do it. But some of that money can even go into uh, technology that can be used directly in the home. That's a local decision, a local discussion, and uh, uh, but we've put money into early intervention, and I think it's important we continue. And so, again, if you want to call my constituent services offices, I can look up the line item and reference you, so you know that we have money in the in the in the pot for that. Well, that would be great. I I saw in it that there was a little bit of funding for a study, but it, it looked like the funding again for the programs 
wasn't there, but um, I'll check in. Call, you call in again. It's the numbers five three eight one thousand. Reference our conversation. Uh, ask the question. I'd like the governor to tell me where we're what we're doing in the budget. What the recommendation uh, for early intervention, and we'll respond back to you so you know what we're doing specifically. All right, great. Thank you All very right. much for calling, Josh. You bet. Bye bye. Governor, the next uh, texter has an education-related question, and I'm not familiar with this particular bill, so I'll read what they've said. Utah State Office of Education says that the SAGE tests gather data that is then data mined for behavioral and psychological indicators. House Bill 164 would remove a parent's right to opt their child out of these tests. Will you, con- will you commit to veto that bill if it passes? Well, I think people should have the right, if they don't want to take have their parent or their children take the test, you know, uh, you know that's not right. I'm not sure it's in the best interest of the child. You know, I know we don't like tests, but we've got to find some way to have accountability and oversight to make sure that we're making progress. And really, uh, if you have a spelling test, that's the only way we can find out whether you understand how to spell the words. So testing is a part of what we need to do. It should be appropriate testing, and we ought not to have so many tests that we forget the teaching part. That's a concern from some of the teachers. And certainly as we test, we compare and, and, and analyze how effective the teacher is in the classroom, how effective the, the textbooks are, what's going on there. Um, are we getting uh, uh, the kind of skill set that lines up with the demands of the marketplace so that people can be hired and get a job? And so the the need to have analysis and, and testing is, I think, an important one to grade our education system. That being said, I'm, I believe in parental control, and uh, if, if they want to opt out of the year-end test or whatever it is, I know there's concerns out there. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I'll have to take a look at the, the bill. You know, I, I don't like to make a decision on signing or vetoing a bill until I've read it and understand it. So I'll take a look at the bill. I think it's one that Craig Powell, is, I understand, is maybe doing. And so I'll talk to him and see what his thinking is on that. He's doing it. I think the Senate sides Ann Miller, former president of Weaver State University. So both good people, I think, care about uh, making sure we have the right policy in place. So I'll take a look at that. All right, let's go to West Jordan now. Steve, hi, what's your question for the governor? Good morning, Governor. Um, my question is something that I've never heard discussed before, and that is why do we allow teachers to use their own funds to buy supplies for the classroom at all? Because that masks the true cost of the classroom, and the legislature can't possibly know how much to fund that. Well, that's a good question. I, again, I don't think teachers should have to fund any of their supplies in the classroom, and we've actually put significant monies over the last couple of years, including again this year, to help uh, so teachers don't have to dig into their own person and wallet to, to fund classroom supplies. I don't know TANS having a law that says you cannot do it, that we could stop them from doing it, but they shouldn't need to do it. Sometimes there's something special they want to do for their kids as a treat or a special event, and and they do that. But again, that ought to be something extraordinary. And we, I agree with you, we ought to make sure that the budget is adequate enough that they don't have to dip into their own funds to pay for the resources in the classroom. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thanks for your call today. Let's go to Ron, who is in Midvale. Hi, Ron. What can we help you with? Hi, Governor Herbert. Pleasure and honor to be speak with you today. Thank you, Ron. Um, you bet. And uh, I, I 
considered you one of our better, if not the best, governor uh, in the state of Utah that we've had. Um, I had a little bit of a disappointment last year on the on the constitutional carry when it got vetoed, and I know you had some pressures from the Catholic diocese and the police chief, and I am a concealed weapons permit holder, and uh, and I just feel the Constitution's number one, and I just think there's those strange people that are going to do whatever they're going to do, no matter what, anyway. And I just heard that it might come up again this year in the legislature. And uh, I just wanted to see what your views were on that or if I could. I tried to appeal to your office before and called, and I'd like to appeal again if I could, that that maybe we could make a statement to the nation that we <laughs> believe in the constitutional rights. And I know you kind of got put between a rock and a hard spot a little bit, but anyway. Well, I, uh, I understand the question, Ron, and let me uh, thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm a concealed weapon permit holder myself. And um, I think we've had good laws on the books. It's um, I, I do pay rapt attention to our law enforcement people and their recommendations and what they think is good out there. And uh, that's not the end all be all, but it certainly has an important impact on me. I've met with the NRA. I've met with Wayne LaPierre a number of times. I know that we've been listed as a state when it comes to Second Amendment rights as the second best state in America. So we've got a pretty good mix of laws here. And, you know, concealed weapon permits is constitutional. The states do have the right to kind of put some parameters on our Second Amendment rights, just like we have the ability to put laws in place for freedom of speech. So what we're doing certainly should not be characterized as unconstitutional. The question is, do we have a better outcome if, in fact, we eliminate from you and me and others the requirement to have a permit to carry concealed? We have open carry in this state. Uh, we are we're pretty good again. I think as as a balance point, the concern I had too was the motivation, the impetus, was a story about somebody riding a horse out in some of our rural parts of Utah and coming across uh, a forest ranger. And what had happened is that uh, supposedly there was a rainstorm and the guy put on a coat or a slicker of some kind and in doing so uh, covered up his sidearm. And then got hassled by a forest ranger because, hey, you've now got a concealed weapon, and let me see your permit. We can find no basis in fact for that event to ever occurred. And so I was a little disappointed that some kind of a myth uh, story had been created to, to cause us to have this discussion. So I didn't like the origin of it. I was concerned about the recommendations, which were contrary to, uh, to changing the law from our law enforcement. I know there's been some discussion about something. Maybe we can do this in exchange for that. And uh, there's been some discussions. I'll, I'll wait to see how that goes and what happens. And uh, if it's something different, we've got a chance. If it's just the same old, same old, then I, you know, it's the old, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. I don't know that we're really broken when it comes to that. Uh, issue on on requiring permits and some training. There was a nice Deseret News editorial, by the way, that came out about this here just a few days ago. You might want to read that and see if you agree or disagree. I do agree with you on this one, though, and I can tell you that for sure, Ron. It's the bad guys that don't care what the laws are. They're going to pack and they're going to do what they need to do and feel like they should do. It's the law-abiding citizens that are going to abide by the law, and that's the dichotomy we have when it comes to creating rational and reasonable uh, Second Amendment laws. Well, I appreciate that, Governor. I was just thinking that the Constitutional grants us that 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 permit or that opportunity to carry without even a, a, a you know concealed weapons permit. So I guess I just felt like with Texas that would have 
made a statement. That's great to yeah. know that we are number two. Yeah, we're we're doing good. It's we, we're in so many other areas good. Again, I've I, I've met with Wayne Lapierre on many occasions. He loves Utah and loves what we're doing and where we're at. They're not asking for any change. Uh, and again, the, the concern I've got is as we talk about constitutional carry, we it's like having a requirement to have a permit to carry a conceal is somehow unconstitutional. We just need to make sure people know that. No, that's constitutional. And, and the states do have that right to have those uh, laws in place. The laws of the, of, the, of the country are all different in the different states. Our concealed weapon permit is honored by 32 other states. They like what we have here. It's kind of the universal permit. People come here to get our permit so they can carry not only in Utah but in 31 other states. If that came before the legislature again, Governor, would you do the same veto it, or would you consider that? I, I just it, 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 well, thank you. And I, I it depends on what's in the bill. You know, I, I, I don't want to see. I know there's been discussions about well, we can tweak it here, change it there, maybe that make that more palatable. So I think there's that kind of discussion going on, and so we'll see how that wins its way. I hope it's not just the same old, same old, and, and the story about the guy riding the horse. Governor, as always, the time has quickly passed, and we're going to have Let Me Speak to the Governor again next month. You'll join us again, right? Very good. Looking and forward to we it. We have so many great texters. We didn't get to all of your questions. A thank you again, and join us again next month for Let Me Speak to the Governor. Lack of performance can really mess with a guy's head, especially in the bedroom. As a board-certified physician, I've been treating men with ED and PE successfully for more than 20 years. Our local doctors know that a great love life is just one office visit away, no matter no matter what your age or medical history, even if you have prostate problems or diabetes. If the popular pills are not working as well or have stopped working, it's time for the newest available safe medications custom blended just for you. Getting your love life back is easy, and I'm so sure you'll have a positive response to the medicine on the first visit right in the doctor's office that if you don't, the medication and the visit are both free, guaranteed. Appointments are filling fast. Call the Physicians ED Center right now, 801-900-5452. That's 801-900-5452. Call 801-900-5452. So I went to the mailbox the other morning, and there it was, my Harry's Razors. And I really wanted to put these to the test. I've heard people talk about them, and what they say is absolutely true. I love the feel of it. It really has some substance. And the shave that you experience with a Harry's razor truly is remarkable. You know, every guy's face has that little place you worry about. You know, you don't want to nick yourself. It's amazing how those blades, five blades, by the way, just coast over those tough spots. No razor burn, no cuts. I love my Harry's razor. Harry's doesn't like to discount because their prices are already so low. You know, when you see those special razors that are behind the glass door of the drugstore and they are so expensive, it's a razor kind of like that. Has that look, that substance, that quality, but it's half the price. But Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with this exclusive offer from The Doug Wright Show. Go to harrys.com. Just put in the promo code. It's Doug Wright Show. That's at harrys.com. Are you a taxpayer deep in debt to the IRS? If so, then listen carefully to this special public announcement. Due to consumers facing difficulty in the ongoing U.S. economic downturn, 
concern. The Internal Revenue Service is now accepting reduced settlements from individuals who owe back taxes. Participation in special initiatives by the IRS can reduce your payments by thousands of dollars. A special hotline has been established by National Tax Credit Group to enroll suffering citizens during this crisis. Call the special service hotline to see if you qualify for this historic relief opportunity during the ongoing economic downturn. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone. 800-644-1334. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, you may now qualify for substantial relief. The IRS is now accepting reduced settlements, resulting in some tax debts being reduced by thousands of dollars. To see if you qualify for your reduction, call this new special service hotline now. 800-644-1334. 800-644-1334. That's 1-800-644-1334. This is KSL AM Salt Lake City, KSL FM.